0: Good to go.
1: Okay. So, I just wanted to do a quick shout out to a very special eight people who really stood up for what they believe in, you know, and they showed their true colors recently. And those eight people being Kristen Cinema, Joe Mansion, Jan shaheen <laughs> Maggie Hassan, John Tester, Tom Carper, Chris Coons, and Angus King. Here's a big old fuck you from Leftover Ramen for voting down minimum minimum wage that gives us maximum rage. Excuse me. (laughs) And I do hope that you lose your position and are forced to live under the circumstances that you voted for. So this is Leftover Ramen. I'm one of your co-hosts, Ethereal, and I'm going to pass it on over to Ishida. (laughs)
0: That's... (laughs) That was fantastic, by the way. If I ever, if I ever have to start another podcast and it's, uh, the, with and it doesn't have the anime stint, it's just political. It it will be called Minimum Rage. That's <laughs> that's gonna be the name of it now. Uh, now, welcome to Leftover Ramen. Uh, this is Ishida. Uh, I just wanted to kind of announce a couple things we got coming up, which I'm pretty excited for. I'm honestly kind of excited just to. To have something planned out, we've been kind of semi-winging it for these for the you know first few. We're still kind of getting our our thing together with this, but some uh, some slight planning. Yes. Yeah, just some, slight slight planning. I mean, we've had a couple of guests. That's like, that's like planning, of course, to get like guests yeah. going and all that. Uh, next week, we'll we'll be having an episode with Jake from Low Society, where we'll be talking about uh, conspiracy theories. And, uh, and I listened to another podcast that all the Low Society uh, co-hosts were guest on today, where he mentioned a drinking game he played with his boss that involved Legend of the Overfiend. Oh, no. So, so I'm going to make him, even though he recounted that story on that, I'm going to make him do it again on here. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and then uh, Very
1: excited for that upcoming episode.
0: And then we also have uh, The Week... The week that this current season of Jujutsu Kaisen ends, the following week, we will be having two guests on: uh, Benjamin Swiller and Vertagon, a couple of local producers/slash rappers. I don't think Ben raps, but uh, but Vert does both. He produces Andy raps, oh, and he raps, and he's actually a uh, a member of the original Suss crew, and uh, they're both giant weebs. So yeah, we'll be having them on. To talk Jujutsu Kaisen and kind of go over the politics of the show. And Which
1: there is a lot, so be a, excited.
0: A lot, yeah. It's super anti-authoritarian. Very. Uh, there's a character that's pretty much just just a critique of capitalism. Like he's a walking critique of capitalism. <laughs> so. Well, I could argue that for a couple of characters, but I don't want to get into that too much yet. Yeah, right. Of course, we want to save all that for that episode. So, uh what are we talking about tonight then? So, a few we're talking about a few different things. Mostly we're
1: talking about corporations and things that they do especially right now with social media to help save face whether it works, whether it doesn't, whether it's good or bad. Um, I know you mentioned a specific example, so I will leave that and kind of your ballpark to talk about later. But the two that I wanted to bring up, actually, there's three to start off with, and there are two that I think I understand the reasoning behind. And the third one is just kind of a, an example of. How corporations do this without any thought process behind it. But the first two that I wanted to talk about were Disney removing specific movies from child accounts, and the second being Dr. Seuss removing, I believe it was six books six from books, their catalog. Six books, yeah. Yes.
0: Also, I just sorry, I just moved my mic, and I just want to make sure audio is still still good oh yeah okay cool just go, ahead, go ahead go so you're good
1: sorry oh no no worries so the f- first thing i want to say before i get into the details of either of these instances is that i think it's important to recognize fully what's going on in the scenario because i think you get the term cancel culture thrown around a lot Anytime something like this happens, yeah, regardless of what the thought process behind it is. And it makes a lot of sense in both of these instances. And that's why I listed them first. So Disney basically removed access to specific old movies that had racial stereotypes in them from being viewed by child specific accounts. Now, if is, this, uh, know, is this, okay,
0: r- is this, is this, is this in re- regarding like Aladdin and stuff like that? I don't think it's Aladdin. And I Dumbo? think it was more.
1: Yeah, it's like Dumbo and See, I stuff didn't know like they that. did
0: that. I thought they just put a uh, a warning at the beginning, but maybe that's with the adult accounts. Maybe those are the warnings on the adult accounts and then they're just not even available. Right, so they're not even h- accessible to children. I, and- I didn't know that.
1: Well, it's very recent i think it just happened within the last week or two i believe right on it might have even just been this last week but i've been seeing uh, a lot of pushback and not any particularly oh how should i put this for any actual reason just oh disney won't let you watch these movies anymore but again that's not the case they're movies that require some nuance to be explained of a small child watches that and they're not going to understand the representation that's being showed as inaccurate and of the times. Yeah,
0: and it's not like and, those movies aren't accessible at all. I mean, if the parent wants to, it's just kind of giving the parent the like structure to start off being like, Hey, before we watch this, you need to know this or whatever. It's not like exactly. they can't show it to them at all.
1: Exactly. And that's that's the exact thought process. So it makes sense, in my opinion, that they did that. I think it's fine. Uh, The other one being obviously the Dr. Seuss books. (laughs) This one's even worse, the reaction that has come out from it. So for those who don't know, Dr. Seuss, like I mentioned earlier, has stopped publishing six of their books. I can't give any of the specific instances and in where there might be hurtful stereotypes in them, but that's why they stopped publishing them. And again, this is the company, the Dr. Seuss company themselves that have made this decision. It, and it was made last year or two years ago as well. It's just now coming into effect. Yeah. However, there's a large pushback from the right-wing side of oh well this is the cancel culture of today coming into effect you can't even have dr seuss anymore and it's not that it's just they recognize hey these books have hurtful stereotypes in them and we don't want to publish them anymore which makes complete sense you can still go buy them i mean obviously now because people are creating this massive demand they've spiked up to hundreds of dollars which
0: like just to be clear these were dr seuss books that were not in demand at all before these aren't like this isn't cat in the hat or green eggs and ham these are like little known dr seuss books that right like, there was no I'd demand for before this yeah yeah exactly i had only heard of one i think I, I knew about uh the zoo one. I'd heard of the zoo that's, one before. That's the one that everyone knew about that I've heard the, I actually had um
1: Oh to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, I think is the name of it. But I can't again, I haven't read it since I was a kid. Yeah. And so I don't I don't know what they're referring to, but obviously it, there's probably stuff in there that hasn't dated well. And so rather than keeping that legacy going, they're just saying, hey, we're not going to publish these books anymore because we think it's in bad faith."
0: And just to throw one more thing in there before you go on to your other example, uh, just to put it out there, like Dr. Seuss himself kind of uh, disowned those books in a way uh, later on in his life. I mean, he didn't I don't know if disowns the right word, but he himself said that he felt bad about the way he had. Um, uh, displayed certain racial groups and things like that. Like, he himself had, like, negative feelings about these portrayals he had drawn. And he said that. I mean, he had said it on several occasions. And he even wrote a book later on, The uh, the Starbelly Sneeches or whatever that one's called, that's mm-hmm. literally, like, a, a parable, like an anti-racism parable, like... Dr. Seuss was not pro those books either himself. He was like, I, sh- I shouldn't have done this. And he even made, like, changes. One of the books that, that's out of circulation, uh, it, necess- it wasn't necessarily uh, made not racist anymore, but they did change it. Like, so originally there was an, there's a Chinese character in it, and originally it referred to him as a Chinaman, and he had yellow skin. And later mm-hmm. on they changed it to Chinese man, and and took the yellow off which like he still like it still wasn't like a uh a great uh portrayal of a chinese person but i mean right. this this happened back in like w- decades ago they did that change mm-hmm. to it you know what i mean so it's not like this is some unprecedented thing that like just came up because of the new wave of cancel culture
1: well and so that's the other just absolutely bonkers thing that i've seen happening is i see right wingers now adopting specifically cat in the hat for some reason they're trying to adopt him as a right wing anti cancel cancel culture icon for some reason yeah. i've seen so many back the blue cat in the hat memes for some reason in the past week. I saw the weirdest photo of a group of police officers wearing like the hat from Cat in the Hat. And it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird that you have this group of people who and this is something I tweeted about and I know you talked to me about it as well, but I just wanted to mention again that you have people who harp consistently on personal freedom. However, whenever it comes to a company just not wanting to continue to publish any kind of material that they feel is outdated, immediately it is a, an attack and it's a cancel culture and it just makes no sense to me.
0: Yeah, and like just like, that's even the thing about it is just like this, these things make for such strange bedfellows because like, as a leftist I don't particularly want private companies having a say over what media we have access to. I'm not actually for that in the, in the abstract, but because of like a situation like this, I find myself arguing with people who are a hundred percent for that. Theoretically, and I'm like arguing for the company. Like, wait, what's like? Why can't they right, stop printing no, those books? It's so fucking <laughs> weird. But I'm just like, guys, like, why are you tripping? I thought this is what you wanted. Like, the market has spoken. What's what's wrong?
1: Exactly. What I that's really what I wanted to kind of take into this conversation is that whenever cancel culture and or brands making these kind of decisions are brought up i think it needs to have a lot more nuance behind it rather than just complete knee-jerk reaction and i that's that's more of an issue with the right wing than anything else i know we love to harp on how liberals can be so toast and everything but it, it yeah. really is more of a, a right wing problem where they see well, something
0: like that i i mean i won't i won't get ahead of myself too much but Don't worry, I will be getting to liberals at some point in this (laughs) conversation.
1: (laughs) So the other example that I wanted to bring up, so the the first two I mentioned, I think, again, it's weird for me as well to kind of back those decisions. I'm in the same boat as you. But I I think for the reasoning, they make sense and they are appropriate. Yeah. (laughs) So the other day... I don't know if you saw this, but the Oreo, the cookie company, released a tweet and (laughs) it was a tweet that simply stated trans people exist.
0: Right. Yeah, I saw that.
1: And I think this is the perfect example of a brand trying to assimilate themselves into being able to have some kind of pull with the community without actually making a statement And that's the kind of example that I think is very bad, and it is very representative of what a lot of brands do. Uh, I think the term for what a lot of people use is what? Rainbow capitalism is what it's called?
0: Yeah, I think that's one way of putting it. Woke woke brands, rainbow capitalism, yes, things like that. and so
1: that that's kind of more of the bad version of when something like that happens that I wanted to talk about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is kind of where I was going with this whole thing, which actually my initial, uh, which, you know, obviously, but my initial, uh, inspiration to talk about this, um, I feel like probably kind of falls more into that Dr. Seuss category. (laughs) It was the Lola bunny redesign, which, um, but it did start making me think about how, like, these brands... So, even with something like that... Like, maybe... I don't know so much with the Dr. Seuss one, because they, like, waited two years to even put it in effect. But maybe more so with that Disney one, mm-hmm. the uh, the choice to not put on children's accounts. Now, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about that particular one. So, I don't know if, like, they, like... If Disney made a big deal about it or anything like that. But I know with the Lola Bunny one, they, like, put it on the poster and everything... And with right. stuff like that, I don't necessarily think that the redesign itself had any type of nefarious underpinnings. I think they were just like, no. yeah, it's kind of weird to put tits on the rabbit in 2021, guys. Maybe we should take the tits off Yeah,
1: the rabbit. Like, I, I, I 100% agree. I mean, that that era of time period was very
0: yeah. and horny. Like, and, and, <laughs> and just to be fair, I have seen some people say... Like, uh, in a couple, like, leftist groups, I mean, I've seen, like... Dudes, be like, you know, I'll admit, like, it looks weird to me. When I was a kid, I did have a crush on Lola Bunny. As weird as that might be now, but I'm not going around complaining about it because this is probably for the better. And seeing stuff like that, I'm like, that's fair. But like, people mm-hmm. who are like losing their mind about it, it's just like, bro, like, it's it's fine. The first Space Jam still exists, and the second one's probably it. gonna suck anyway. <laughs> like, it's cool, right? Bro, just <laughs> and there's like there's Rule Thirty Four sites. <laughs> If you really want to see Lola Bunny. But like, anyway, the point I'm getting at here is more that um, I think when these brands put it out, when they announce it in a way that's very public and uh, they put it out there, I do think that there is a bit going on there besides just doing the right thing. I think that there Mm -hmm. is this push to kind of put people into uh, opposing consumer categories, and uh, another example, the Oreo example is a really good one. And then there's stuff like uh, when Gillette did the, the like, uh, like kind of male feminist-y type of ad. Do you know the one I'm talking about? The, the toxic masculinity ad that Gillette right. did. Do you remember that?
1: Yes. Stuff I like do. that.
0: Which, by the way, I I like that. <laughs> I think it was well made and everything. Mm-hmm. But there is this this uh, behind the scenes kind of thing. Where, uh, Because what happened, I think a couple brands did this genuinely. A couple of them genuinely are like, we should make a statement about this thing. And and they probably thought it would make them look good to people. I'm not saying it was just them being like (laughs) an altruist or anything. But what happened was then their stock started going up. And all the other brands were like, huh? (laughs) And so I think there is this push now to kind of make yourself uh, look woke as a brand because what happens is all the people against you start talking about you and all the people for you start buying your product and it's it's nothing but positive for these companies and I think to imagine that that plays no role into why they're doing these things is uh, is just wrong Like and like I said the Lola Bunny thing I don't necessarily think that that's why it was redesigned but I I do kind of feel like maybe they wanted it to be public enough to get that conversation going before the movie came out. So maybe not the redesign itself, but the, but the announcement of it kind of, if the, if you mm-hmm. get what I mean.
1: Well, and so two, two things to add onto that. I, as soon as the Lola bunny thing died down and I think you might be onto something there because I, You know, that was what, maybe a week ago. And so the day that I stopped seeing stuff about it, they released a snippet about how Pepe Le Pew had been cut from the movie. And then it immediately started the conversation about Space Jam back up again.
0: See, so that's funny because I had saw, I saw someone bring up Pepe Le Pew on Facebook today. I didn't know about that announcement. I I had missed that. I've been they got me working 7 straight days right now and like I have just been missing everything. But yeah, I saw someone mention that and that's that that's funny that they did that immediately after people stopped talking about Lola so much. That's Right. Well, I didn't
1: know the the context of what his his bit in the movie was or why they cut it. I didn't really I I to be honest, I didn't care to look and en- care enough to look into it. But what you bring up reminds me of i saw a meme and i thought and you old noggin that i should remember this so i could talk about it on the podcast and it was that that classic meme template of the two astronauts in space and you know one of them's looking at earth and the other one's pointing a gun to his head yeah And, and the one that's looking at earth was saying something about oh um brand controversy is just a way to rile up uh profits for companies yeah and the guy pointed the gun and says oh it's always been that way right and on that same note it also makes me think about i've never listened to this guy's music so i don't know who he is i just know him because of the story but uh
0: morgan wallen who is the country is, is that the country guy who said the n-word yes
1: Okay. Yes, and he has been seeing record smashing sales since this controversy happened. Are you happened serious? Because God, so that's, many that's people not
0: surprising, but holy shit, they will really just buy up record. I
1: can't believe that. that's why, because they're like, oh, he's trying to get canceled now, so we, we have to support him.
0: Yeah. And
1: so <laughs> he has been like number one in the country charts for, I, I think it was I don't know, it's been maybe 20 weeks or something it's been something stupid long because of the whole controversy that's fucking crazy
0: which by the way yeah. just any argument for like cancel culture and its effect on celebrities it's just like bro have you looked at the, like this is what getting canceled does for you you're, you're you blow up like it's not well a bad And that's thing. a perfect
1: segue into actually the other thing i wanted to talk about tonight okay what is that That's how cancel culture is ineffective towards the people that it should be effective towards. And I have two perfect examples for you. Okay. And that is my my first one being pro Jared. And my second one, I don't know if you are familiar with who Nick Robinson is.
0: Oh no, I don't think
1: so. Not to be confused. There's an actor called Nick Robinson, not to be confused with him, but For those who watch a lot of Polygon back in the day, are familiar with the McElroy brothers, there's a gentleman by the name of Nick Robinson who used to ride into Polygon and ask them all kinds of questions. They eventually hired him. And he got really, really close to Griffin McElroy and became super close friends. They did a bunch of series together, most notably Car Guys. But Nick became, this guy Nick Robinson became kind of a one of the central figures of polygon for uh i don't know at least a year or two i don't have an exact timeline but what happened was the game overcooked was released and he had some choice criticism of it and from that a lot of accounts of sexual harassment and him using his position to uh just be a deviant and also a pedophile cuz he was talking to underage girls inappropriately and requesting he's basically doing the same thing pro jared was
0: that's why I feel like I probably heard about this and just didn't know who the guy was cuz I know that like there was like it felt like there were like 10 guys that were like streamers or like somehow involved in the games industry in some way who just like all at once just everyone found out they were like weirdo pedos or like were Mm -hmm. grooming girls and stuff so i probably heard about him during that time but just wasn't like really familiar with him outside of that four
1: years ago yeah so Anyway, I I was curious because obviously, not even a month later, Pro ProJerb is back to still having a massive following, I wasn't surprised by that, but I was curious and I looked up on Nick Robinson, who by the way, this is just interesting fact, this doesn't tie into Nick at all, but he's actually the brother of Porter Robinson, I found out. Get the fuck out of here, really? Small world. Uh, so, as of November 2020, Nick Robinson has a Twitch account with 750,000 viewers. Jesus Christ! This this man is a pedophile who groomed underage girls and sexually harassed women, and he still has that large of a following, even though as soon as it came to light, he was blacklisted from Polygon. They immediately spoke out about it. And this is the kind of thing where people complain about cancel culture, but it it doesn't exist for the most part. I can give I I will give an example of a couple of times where I've seen it somewhat work, but first I wanted to see if there was anything you wanted to add on before So
0: you might be coming up on something related to this, but I will say this. And I I I would I didn't know we were gonna talk about this, so I'm not really prepared for this conversation, but I'm going to try here. I'm gonna might end up rambling a bit, but like so Ramble, I agree right. that cancel culture does not exist for celebrities. Uh, for the most part. You have like people like Bill Cosby and like uh Right. Uh extreme it. cases. Extreme cases where like that's something that You're everyone. Still so
1: rich it doesn't matter. Yeah,
0: and like everyone in Hollywood knew about that for like a century or <laughs> long. Like right. stuff like that, like yeah, eventually something like that happens, but it it Literally took like the justice system and then like, let's be real him and the, I wish I could, uh, Weinstein, him and Weinstein, mm-hmm. they're probably like living it up in whatever fucking nice resort prison they got sent to. So, exactly. so yeah, but, um, but cancel culture doesn't necessarily only affect celebrities. It, it, it can also affect working class people. And I think in those situations, uh, all the issues that people talk about it having towards celebrities might actually have a bit of a of a real bend to them. There's a, oh God, I wish see, I wish I had like time to like look up the names and everything, but there was this, um this trans woman who was, I wanna say she was a streamer or something like that, mm-hmm. and she was uh she was raising money, and she said that she was raising the money for one thing, like maybe like cancer treatment or something like that. I wish I had the facts right in front of you. Maybe you're familiar with, with this and what I'm talking I,
1: about. Is it a Minecraft person? Maybe. And so I it, think I know who you're talking about. It
0: came to light later on that she was actually raising that money for, um for transition uh, surgery for there or maybe therapy or something like that. Something involving her transition. And uh, when people found out she had lied about what the money was for, there was this huge uproar where like more people were, were quote unquote canceling her than people who were like actually watching her when she was doing whatever it was she was doing. She like suddenly became known for that. And, uh, and the, uh, backlash she received online was so severe. She eventually ended up killing herself. Oh, wow. No, I did not know about that. Yeah. And so like a situation like that, where it's a person who has no real social capital, uh, that's where I can see the issues with this, this, uh, this like dogpiling Twitter cancel culture thing, which is why at the beginning of the conversation, you said cancel culture doesn't really seem to affect the people it should affect, which mm-hmm. I agree with that statement completely. I'm more concerned with how it might affect people who are on the bottom rows. Cause when you don't have that, cause the thing is, if you're famous, like Alex Jones is a great example, he got removed from every website on earth. So he just went and made his own website. Now he's making more money he's ever made before. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's that's what canceling did to him. So, yeah, like, I don't want to uh, go too far into this because, like I said, I don't have any of the names or, like, facts in front of me. But, but that is – that's just something I wanted to add into the conversation. That I think that it can have these types of effects on, like, lower class people who don't have that level of social capital where they can, like – use the canceling as something to like launch them to a higher platform if that all makes sense well
1: and it's funny that you mentioned that because that's kind of what i was going to go into uh so the two examples that i have seen where at least to somewhat of a degree cancel culture has worked proper Uh, one is going to be in professional esports there was a player by the name of dream casper who was playing for an overwatch team and it came out that he was being inappropriate with minor girls he's being a pedophile and He was immediately blacklisted. No team would allow him to play for them ever again. He has continuously tried to get back into Overwatch, even recently. And since everyone knows who he is, he has basically been canceled to the point where he cannot become part of this scene ever again. But he is obviously a young quote unquote esport professional but that doesn't mean he has any kind of as you say social capital to bounce off of to make any kind of other career right. like alex jones could yeah and it's kind of the same thing there is a musician by the name of lou diamond who
0: i know that name what, i can't think of who he is but i know that name
1: he's, so the, the band is uh panucci's pizza and jank and it came out that uh lou was not just lou lou wasn't someone who was being inappropriate through dms but was actively being a predator with young women yeah and that is one of the only instances where i've seen cancel culture especially in the emo and pop punk whatever you want to call it music scene actually be effective for a smaller group because it is a serious problem with a lot of the bigger bands that have such a large following yeah but those are the two instances where i've actually seen that be effective but even then i wouldn't even consider that cancel culture as much as it's just those people were held accountable for what they did Yeah, they were like blacklisted
0: by the industry more than anything else
1: exactly and it's not even that oh these people are canceled now it's like you said they the industry just did not let them back in
0: and like the thing with that even like i don't really know much about either of them i'm gonna assume this doesn't apply to the esports guy but lou diamond maybe but but even if we we're if we were talking about someone else so say let's say we have a theoretical celebrity who has had a long illustrious career and they get canceled and it works and they're not able to work anymore right Mm -hmm. Well, that guy would still have all the money he would made over all those years. It's not like, it's not like he would be broken destitute because of that. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like if they had managed to like get Michael Jackson unable to work ever again, when, uh. When that stuff happened with like the kids back in like the nineties, imagine Mm -hmm. if Michael Jackson never worked again after the nineties. He would have still lived a long, comfortable, like he'd have been fine up until he died, right? Like, right. You know what I mean? So, like, even in those, even in a case like that where you manage to get somebody pushed out of their industry, you're not, you haven't really accomplished anything. I mean, they still, they're still doing better than any of us are, like.
1: They're still gonna live comfortably and sure they're not
0: gonna be able
1: to do the same kind of work that they had been doing, but that doesn't mean that they can't try and reinvent themselves somewhere else, which is what most of them end up doing in the first place.
0: This kind of uh uh this will be a little bit of a subject shift, but I feel like it somewhat relates to what I was saying about canceling working class people and I, I kinda wanna get mm-hmm. your opinion on this. It's perfect, some- let's go. It's something I don't really have a fully informed opinion on. I I have very mixed feelings about it. I feel like I don't know. I don't know where I really stand on this. Well, well, that's not true. There's two different things I'm going to ask about. One of them I don't know where I stand. The other one I do know where I stand on it. Okay. So um, the first one is going to be like, um, so let's say we have a guy on Twitter and he says something just vehemently fucking racist, Right. Mm -hmm. and uh or facebook we'll we'll use facebook i think that makes a little more sense so on facebook he says something racist so people go to his page and he has his place of work listed there his place Mm -hmm. of employment so everyone starts dming his place of employment saying you have a racist working there and uh and they get him fired um Mm -hmm. so this is the one i have like somewhat mixed feelings about because i've even done this i've I've dm people's jobs like you have a piece of shit working there you need to get rid of them But I don't over time, I've kind of started wondering, like, how much like it feels kind of weird using a system I'm against against working class people, even if those working class people are pieces of shit,
1: because because
0: I feel justified by the fact they're a piece of shit. But I also I'm like, I don't I, I don't I don't know how I feel about getting somebody fired in this system. Regardless of what they, who they are, you know what I'm. Does that make sense? I, no, I, I totally get. It. I and
1: I think this is a very nuanced question that has to be addressed. But so here's my take on it, if you will. If someone is using hate speech, I'm also not someone who would go out of their way to get someone fired unless they were actually like being threatening, so on and so forth. But. I don't see a problem with that happening for the reason that if someone is in an industry, any industry, and they are actively being racist, not, not just, you know, obviously we're all a little bit racist because of the society we grew up in. That's something you have to unlearn over time. Yeah. But they're just act- actively being hateful. Think of it this way. You have someone who is working in some kind of medical field. And they are, again, like you mentioned, they're being actively racist on Facebook. What happens when the person that they feel that hatred towards comes in to get taken care of?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I feel that. Yeah. It
1: very well could end up being, it, it could end up hurting the person that needs help and in that instance i think it's better for that person not to be working there it, it's it's a hard decision to make because i get where you're coming from yeah. where it's well, it, 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 oh god
0: sorry so uh i agree completely with that and i think that i i do definitely i agree with what you just said and I, I just the part where it starts to the part where it starts to break down for me is that that activity, that whole, like, I don't like what this person said, regardless of what it is, I'm going to get them fired, it it becomes normalized, and it starts becoming this thing that, like, maybe it's being used against people who said more gray area things. Maybe it's being used against people. Maybe there's moments that could have been a teaching moment that become a you're gonna not be able to feed your kids anymore moment you know what I'm right. saying and like that's that's kind of where my fear of it is because I think I've seen situations online that and of course i'm I'm coming at this as a white guy who like maybe the thing that a person said didn't affect me the same way you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but I've seen people say things online that were were not at least not vehemently racist they weren't like openly like xenophobic things and i've seen people in the comments saying let's get them fired this and that they work here yada yada i've seen that happening i don't know if those people got fired but you know right. that that's kind of where i think that's what over time made because like i said i had engaged in this even before but then over time watching it kind of morph i was like man i don't i don't know." I don't know if I like where this is going, because I am I still just I like I said at the beginning, I don't like the idea of using the power structure against working class people, r- regardless of what what kind of backwards views those working class people might have. But I think that like the situation you just said is pretty cut and dry, like if a person's working in a medical field and they're openly racist, it's like, yeah, that's not that's not the place for you. You shouldn't be there. I don't want you to. I don't want someone's life to be in jeopardy because of your stupid fucking backwards views. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, well, and I, oh god. No, no, that's that's it. That's it. Well, and so
1: I. This is kind of where things become a little bit more nuanced, and that's what something else that I wanted to talk about, and that I feel like our society today has a very complicated problem with extremely reacting to a situation. Yeah. (laughs) So within like the last week, and this kind of ties into what I was talking about earlier with the Dr. Seuss and Disney thing, you know, very, very mild situations that don't require any kind of backlash. Like it's nothing. It, It really is nothing at all. And yet there's this massive uproar about how cancel culture is ruining everything. And it's the same kind of thing where you, as soon as you see any kind of, you know, woman uh, 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 or minority lead or LGBT lead
0: in media. Or, you immediately- or an, anime, an anime about a black samurai. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's
1: that's the perfect example. I saw your post about that. Yeah, today. I saw you
0: reacted to it. That's why I was, I was thinking. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> one right there.
1: <laughs> well, and I'll let you touch on that in just a second. Yeah. But I think as soon as you see, as soon as someone sees that, and people just immediately, there there are people who immediately assume, oh, well, this is this is to uh, appeal to anyone who's not me and the people are being too soft now you can't even have you know and they just go off on weird
0: tangents about it i don't get it but yeah you can go ahead and talk about the the anime that we were referring to so before i get into that i had a couple things i wanted to add to that so the first one is i said that I had two points, one that I wasn't sure of my feelings about and one that I was sure of my feelings about. Okay, yeah, sorry. So the one I am sure of my feelings about, uh, these people may, in fact, be worse than the people we were just talking about. But, mm-hmm. um, so, uh, the Capitol, uh whatever you want to call it, the coup thing, the thing where the guy had the Viking helmet on and he was in the, the capital. you know what I'm talking about? Right? Yes. Right yes. 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 So yes, yes. when that happened, um, that next week during that week, I started seeing people, some who were uh, left leaning, a lot who were liberals, some who were, I mean, as far left as I am from what I know that, that were advocating. If you know, one of these people turn them into the FBI. And that, uh, I'm not cool with like, I'm just like, I'm not nah, like, I don't I, <laughs> like, I know these people did this thing that we're all viewing as like very dangerous or whatever, which like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get into all that with but like I'm not with turning people into the FBI. Like I'm just, I'm really not mm-hmm. like, and the one thing is like, I mean, I wouldn't be, I don't think I'd be for it even if it wasn't for this, but to just kind of like, give a secondary reason that's like kind of self-serving even is that whenever things like this become normalized, they always get turned back on the left. The, the second right. red scare McCarthyism that started as a uh, thing to turn to find fascists. They were saying, if you know a fascist, you know, turn them in, yada, yada, yada. The first year of McCarthyism was all about fascism and the next entire history of McCarthyism was all about communism, mm-hmm. you know? And that was like, when I started seeing people who I knew were left as talking about c- collaborating with the FBI, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, no, I'm not. I mean, I don't know anybody who was at the fucking thing anyway. So like, I mean, you know, but like, right. if I did, like, I, I don't know exactly what I would do. Maybe I'd like, <laughs> Let, like, let some local punks know where they live or something <laughs> instead. Like, I'm not saying these people don't need to be brought to justice. Like, but I'm just, I'm not with turning people into the FBI. You get what I, you know what I mean? Like,
1: no. So here, here's my take on it. And I, I'm actually right there with you, like full, full stop. I, yeah I'm the kind of person who I'm not going to call the police on a situation because i don't know how they're going to react to someone and what they're going to do to someone and i think if you take that and multiply that by a factor of 10 because that's what the fbi are going to be like then i i'm definitely not going to get involved in that scenario yeah um, i as a person am definitely more i don't want to say relaxed about a a situation like that because i don't think that's an appropriate attitude to have because obviously i'm with you i think some kind of justice towards those people should be served how i'm not sure because again like you it's weird to me that we live in such a surveillance state yeah that that can be immediately abused against anyone and w- without going to this is a small bit of a tangent but without going too far into it this is the same kind of thing i see with liberals and gun control where they're totally for gun control without realizing that a lot of the quote-unquote common sense laws that they want to use affect more minorities than they do anyone else. And that's
0: not who usually you see in spree killings. Or alternatively, they're just not effective at all. <laughs> right. But <laughs> while well, also
1: those same laws would apply to the police, but they just don't. So it's, it's the same kind of scenario. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I... I don't know. I just hesitate to engage in that kind of activity because, like you said, I think it just gets turned on its head and then used against other people who don't deserve that. And, and I'm not saying that inherently those people who stormed the Capitol, you know, deserve it or anything like that. Yeah,
0: and that's kind of that's why I was a little bit uh, standoffish about like getting too deep into that because I don't necessarily know that I even view what happened. As this big thing that some people are making it out to be, but I also don't necessarily want to say it isn't, you know, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I don't really know where, where I completely stand on how on, on that as a subject. So, you
1: know, well, and I, it's also kind of a mixed bag for me because had it not been, you know, a lot of white right-wingers. Right.
0: <laughs> if it had been guys like yeah. us.
1: Yeah. Like, or even even more so, it, any kind of minority, then they just would have been oh, shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. And if yeah. And like not only that, but like, I mean, I would be 100% in support of it if it's like, you know. Yeah, obviously, it's just. I, I'm all yeah. for people storming the Capitol. I just think the wrong people storming the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, but
1: so we. One other thing that I. <laughs> this one's more of a, a funny one to kind of tie back into what we were talking about. Um, which it's funny. So I don't know how familiar you are with the McElroy brothers. The Who brothers. McElroy brothers they do uh, the adventure zone and my brother my brother and me they're they're famous podcast brothers and they've done a lot of work with polygon
0: I'm um, not familiar with them
1: okay well they're they're very beloved amongst a lot of people and for for the most part they they seem to try to do their best like I, I gotta give them credit they're they seem mostly genuine and like i said they they had the instance with nick robinson happen immediately just removed him but something else that happened i think it was three weeks ago that happened on twitter so for those who don't have twitter let me let me give you a scope twitter has a daily main character and your goal of Twitter is not to be the main character of the day. And that's your, that's your goal every day of Twitter. Don't be Twitter's main character. <laughs> and the main character of this particular day was a guy. And let me see if I can find what his name was. Uh, but he had made a post on twitter about how well, let me see if i can find that particular post so his name is john roderick uh he's actually the lead singer of a 2000s indie band called the long winters and he made this tweet about a story it was it was about refusing to open a can of beans for his i think his daughter was eight or nine and he basically told her it was a teachable moment and how she sat there for like six hours while he just did a puzzle the whole time. And what? So yeah, <laughs> it, it was the most head ass thing that I'd seen in a long time. Basically this guy was too lazy to either a, just open a can of beans for his daughter, actually cook her a real meal or B show her how to do it which would take a whole of like 30 seconds on how to use a can opener
0: yeah and like i'm kind of sitting here like i mean i kind of i i wouldn't even be like that like judgmental of him if he had like stuck with it for like 15 minutes and then been like okay you know and fuck it i'll just open the thing for you right you can learn another day <laughs> what the fuck
1: exactly <laughs> And so apparently she spent six hours trying to open this can of beans and he's over here thinking it's a funny tweet and he fires it off. (laughs) He immediately just this tweet explodes because he had had a decent following and he became known as Bean Dad (laughs) and he deleted his Twitter and it became this whole thing. But there was two big re- repercussions that happened because of this.
0: The real and cancel culture. Kinda, the real cancel yeah. culture was the beans we made along the way. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. There, there's your title for the for the for episode. the episode. <laughs> but uh, so the, the two very funny things that happened because of this tweet were so it turns out that this guy, uh, John Roderick, he is the person who made the intro song to the McElroy Brothers uh, podcast, My Brother, My Brother and Me. Okay. And so within like three or four hours of this tweet popping off, they released a statement about how they're removing that as their theme song and have chosen a different theme song in the meantime until they can figure out their situation, what's going on. Uh-huh. So that's the first thing. <laughs> okay. which, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. But here's the second thing and this one was a little bit more interesting and that was that i can't remember what his name is but he is the guy who was supposed to replace alex trebek um i think his name was ken jennings if i remember correctly maybe for jeopardy yeah And he somehow got involved. I I think it was Ken Jennings. It was someone who was supposed to replace Alex Trebek. I know at the time Ken Jennings was hosting as an internum host. So I don't know if it was him, if it was someone else. I think it was him though, who basically got involved in this. And it actually ruined his chances of becoming the host of Jeopardy because of something he said in this thread from
0: Bean Dad was he like defending bean dad?
1: Yes, and he said something really stupid over it too. <laughs> what the fuck? Let's see. Let's see if I can.
0: I find just it like here. this whole thing like what the fuck is this? Like this this sounds like the plot of an of an episode of an adult swim cartoon like <laughs> It
1: reminds me of Arrested Development.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what it, yeah, totally. That's what it sounds like. It's just or like a a uh, an episode of uh always sunny in Philadelphia. Like that's what this sounds like. Something that would happen on there.
1: Right. Okay. So yeah, it was uh Ken Jennings. I was correct on that one.
0: Um, let's see. Oh no. This sounds like something that might happen in Seinfeld to George Costanza. And they would like make up, <laughs> make up a word for it. Like I got, I got canceled by proxy. What do you mean? You got canceled by proxy. Oh, well, some guy got canceled, and I came on there and made a stupid comment, and I got canceled by Proxy.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, it was Ken Jennings of Jeopardy fame defends John uh, Roderick. And so the tweet that he made was, Extremely jealous and annoyed that my podcast co-host, that's what it was. So so Ken Jennings was this guy's co-host on a podcast. So Matt Ishida... If you're gonna get involved in some kind of canceling uh please let me know ahead of time so that i can conveniently join in and we can go through this together any, any i want to be involved. related
0: twitter cancel mob <laughs> i'm sorry it's but, hilarious to me that it's all about i'm sorry the bean thing is just funny to me
1: no it, it is it is such a strange set of circumstances that happened But yeah, so the exact tweet that Jennings said, extremely jealous and annoyed that my podcast co-host is going to be a dictionary entry and I never will, tweeted Jennings. Uh, (laughs) If this reassures anyone, I personally know John to be a loving attentive dad who tells heightened for effect stories about his own irascibility on like 10 podcasts
0: a week. This site is so dumb. Wait, that's what he lost his job for? Uh, Apparently that that's kind of ridiculous but also i just want to point out the the fucking audacity of the article you're reading to say ken jennings of of jeopardy fame like what (laughs) (laughs) well so okay okay he's actually
1: famous from jeopardy because he won i it's weird i remember being a kid when this happened or not even a kid oh is he the guy Uh, that won multiple times yeah, where he just won. The, I, I don't okay. know if it was like a month straight or something, but this is that guy. Okay, that's fair uh, then. That's fair. so it wasn't just that. That wasn't initially what got him canceled. To be fair, uh, it was actually people had gone back and like looked through his Twitter account, and he said some very, 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 very uh, inappropriate things.
0: Okay, that's I can believe. That. I will. I, I will leave that. uh, A fun fact before we move on just because i feel like it's this is like the only time i'll ever get to mention it on this show is right now in this moment but uh i actually dissed alex trebek i made an alex trebek diss track while he was still alive oh no yeah yeah i did uh so um there was a guest on uh on jeopardy and uh her thing, you know, they at the beginning they'll like say like something about them and they'll kinda talk about it. Her thing was she was a fan of Nerdcore hip hop. And he's like oh, yeah. and he's like, What is Nerdcore hip hop? And then she's like, Oh, it's just, you know, hip hop music made by guys who are like into computers and anime and video games, and he's like, So losers. <laughs> and I was just like, What the fuck did he say? Like <laughs> And it's and I'm not even the only person like multiple diss tracks came out of the nerdcore community against Alex Trebek, but I I have the honor of being like the only one that could be like per, considered gangster rap, <laughs> and I remember I did a show with uh uh I know MC Lars and Megaran were on I think maybe MC Chris was there but I was opening for MC Lars and Megaran and uh. And Mega Ran goes, you're the one that made the dirty Trebek dis, right? And I'm like, yeah. And uh, my friend Danny starts rapping it and Mega Ran started rapping it along with him. He knew the words to my ridiculous <laughs> fucking gangster rap, Alex Trebek which is one of the highlights of my career. I'm like, I <laughs> how are you going to top that now? I mean, I got interviewed by Funimation once, but I don't know if that really beats, I don't, I don't know. You're right. It's, but, I mean, that's, that's pretty up there. Yeah. I got, I got a couple, I got a couple things over the years that I was nice. like, yeah, I did that one. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's my uh, completely unrelated story about dissing Alex Trebek. <laughs>
1: Well, and that was, that was kind of my more funny cancel culture. And that wasn't even necessarily cancel culture as much as that was. This guy is just, and he said something that was obviously very cold and heartless if true. And if not true, then incredibly stupid, because why would you brag about not feeding your child for six hours when they obviously are hungry? Right and he paid the consequences for it. but it's the same kind of thing where he's he's made plenty of money doing like gig work for of all course. of these podcasters and he's been an indie musician for super long so he's fine and same with Kim jennings that they won't see any kind of real consequence from it but yeah that was that was more of one of the the funny instances that i've seen happen
0: so something you brought up in that uh story kind of segues into something that like i hadn't planned on talking about tonight but i thought about during this whole conversation a good that, finishing bit that we don't we don't have to get too deep into it but like i would like to hear your opinion on it is uh the idea it's when you mentioned that they like immediately took his song off as their intro what do you mm-hmm. think about uh separating art from the artist Ooh, that's
1: a good question i love this question so i think that it is you can consume an artist's media and be able to recognize that they are or the group of peoples are shitty people i think that if you do consume said person's media it, that you do so and in a way that you if you know someone has done something shitty and you're still you know consuming their media you need to do so with a grain of salt and let people know like hey i'm listening to this person's music but they're kind of a shitty person and i don't support them and i don't think they're a great person i also I, i don't think you should uh financially support them either um I gave the example of Lou diamond earlier. Yeah, I was a huge fan of jank until I learned about that. And I've not listened to jank since. And that's not me coming from a high horse of any sort. That's me just saying when I learned about what happened, I, I just physically cannot break myself to listen to them anymore. But it's the kind of thing where there's definitely more gray areas. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, There's another band, uh, uh, Tiny Moving Parts, that I used to listen to and sometimes do on occasion. And their... I can't remember who was their lead guitarist. Someone made a Twitter account, and it was a very small, kind of anonymous Twitter account, and basically accused them of being sexually inappropriate with them one night while I think the two of them were inebriated and the account uh, went on to say like, Hey, I still think he's a good person and he made a mistake. And so, and that, that kind of instance, it becomes much more of a gray area. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus someone like, you know, Jesse Lacey, brand new or you, more, even more recently, Marilyn Manson, these people who are well known to be, Oh, well now more so for manson to be predators and where if you want to listen to their music or particular media i think it's okay i think you should just do so and not support them or speak critically of them if someone talks to you about them yeah I think that is the price that comes with consuming their media. That's just my personal take on it, though.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny you use those two examples because uh, so I think it's totally possible to separate art from the artist. Um, But there have been instances where I've been unable to. A lot of times it has to do with what they did and how it relates to their art. Yes. And I think Jesse
1: Lacey is a perfect example of that. So
0: It's funny you say that because, well, first off, I'll give an example of one that I can't continue. I can't listen to R. Kelly the same as I used to. Mm-hmm. I used to like R. Kelly, but like he does songs about fucking. That's what most of his music's about. And like mm. knowing what he did, I it's I, I just feel gross. He probably continues to it. do. But so uh, the the... The thing for me is that, uh, before all that came out about, uh, the dude's name from brand new, what's his name? Jesse Lacey. So brand new may have very well been my favorite non-hip hop group before that. And I remember when I found out it was just like this wave of disappointment. Like it, it was like, I'm not usually affected by news about celebrities or the way that one affected me. I was just kind of like, Oh no, no. Mm. But I still listen to a lot of brand new that, like, I can, but there's certain songs that when I listen to them now, like, uh, he has a song on uh, on uh, the go- uh, God and the devil are raging inside me called Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And in it, he says, Jesus Christ, that's a pretty face. If they don't put me away, it'll be a miracle. And, like, hearing that line after hearing about, like, the things he's done, I'm just like, oh oh, this is this is disgusting. Like, I can't... Right. But there's other songs. Like, uh, my favorite song by them is, like, At the Bottom, and it doesn't really have anything pertaining to that. So I still listen to that song a lot. But, like, it completely changes my view of those things. Like, so I never got into Lovecraft when I was younger, but I've always been interested in getting into Lovecraft because I like, like, Cosmic Horror. Like, everything, everything he inspired, I like. Mm-hmm. And so I recently got the audiobook of, like the Lovecraft collection. I've been like listening to it and like, it is really good, but there's like a lot of things in it that I'm like, how did they not know this guy was a racist forever? Like maybe, yeah. maybe it's the hindsight's 2020 thing kind of thing. But like some of the shit he says in those stories, I'm just like, yeah, this guy's obviously a racist. Like it's not, it's not hidden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's, it's right well, there
1: i i think i'm glad you brought up um, lovecraft because i think that's a perfect example of and, and i i would love to talk about this show a little bit more in, in detail but that's one of the reasons why i really loved lovecraft country yeah. is to take that setting that he created and then flip it on its head and make it just all POC leads. I think is wonderful. And I think that's a great way of really just saying a big fuck you to him and his racism while still using a really cool setting.
0: So uh I haven't seen Lovecraft Country, I want to, but that was kind of my thought process without having watched it. I that I, I felt the same way you did about it. But I did hear an interesting take on it today, listening to another show. Uh, And a guy on that show, he said that uh, he, I guess his concern was that doing something like Lovecraft Country was almost like a, um, like it let Lovecraft off the hook. Like, this is what people see of Lovecraft now. And like... He gets the idea of why they did it, and I, I'm not saying I agree with him. I don't. It just it really it made me think is more what it did. Mm-hmm. I was just like, huh, that's I hadn't thought of it that way. But it's almost like by doing this, you're taking this thing and removing the negative aspects and kind of presenting people a a a cleansed version of it. Like here, here's Lovecraft with no racism, and like obviously, if you grew up hearing about Lovecraft, it's not like that. But imagine like kids that this who are growing up now and maybe the first thing they ever hear of lovecraft is lovecraft country they may never have the ability to do what we were talking about about like engaging with the negative aspects of that person right and looking at their art through that lens which i hadn't really considered i had not thought about that and I, it was an interesting point that i had not thought about when when i heard i was like huh yeah i can kind of see i can see where he's coming from with that I can understand that concern, but it, in the same token, I it,
1: again, it, it's something that requires some nuance. Yeah. And I, I think if it... I, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but Lovecraft Country is very much still about racism and it involves a lot of those themes. So I don't think it's a situation... And again, I'm using this as a specific example. I can see where... There might be some glorification of some form of media from someone who did actually. uh, There, there, the negative things that they portray just get cleansed away, yeah. and it's a more purified form. That doesn't happen in
0: Lovecraft Country, though. That's thankfully. fair. Like I said, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But but you that's from it. from what I've heard about it. That sounds right, and I and mm. I think that you're right. That there's probably other adaptations of media that are more guilty of what he's talking about than, than that series. Right. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, before we end tonight, uh, I feel like I haven't got to do my usual thing of shitting on liberals. So (laughs) I didn't want to bring (laughs) up, I didn't want to bring up one thing at night. That's kind of not real related to what we've been talking about, except it does involve several shitty people and, things they've been exposed doing on the internet I guess. Um but an interesting uh thing I've come across uh this week on social media is um uh what's the guy's name is it Cuomo? Is that how you say that? Cuomo? Think Cuomo. About that. Yeah, Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo. So uh yeah, so I I I'm I'm going to use I've seen a lot of posts that are kind of in the same vein. But I'm going to use a specific meme I saw as kind of my example of this mind state I've been kind of seeing about it. And it's like, uh, it was something along the lines of the same people who want to string up the guy who asked, can I kiss you, are the same people who voted for the guy who said, uh, grab him by the pussy. Which, on its face, sounds fair. But, um... So my take on this when I saw that, because it kind of, it really bothered me when I saw it. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember thinking like, okay, first off, you don't, I don't really think we should be ranking these things. You know what I'm saying? Like they're both gross. They're both gross. But if we're going to rank these things, if that's what we're doing now, uh, I do get what you're saying about like touching someone's face and asking to kiss them would probably rank below grabbing someone by their private parts. Right? Can we agree mm-hmm. on that? Okay. So, but here's the thing, is that the thing that that happened, and what we have evidence of, is not that. This guy actually grabbed someone by the face, and we have a picture of him doing it, and the other guy you're talking about, who I'm obviously not defending, fuck Donald Trump, but uh, we have him on recording talking about grabbing a pussy. Like... If we're going to rank these things, I would think that the guy actually doing the thing outranks the guy who is talking about doing the thing. Is that right? Is that fair? And so. Well, like, Oh, God. Well, no, I mean, you can go ahead. But I just uh, I guess my point is just like my, my overall point. My real point here is that it's kind of gross that they're trying to let him off the hook because Trump was gross, too. But even by the standard they set, I don't think it really justifies even what they're trying to communicate in that framework, let alone in the reality of how like these things shouldn't be ranked. They're both obviously wrong and they both should face repercussions. And that's kind of just what I'm getting at with that. Right. And
1: this, again, this, this ties back into our cancel culture of who actually pays the price when this kind of thing happens, because it's not going to be the elite. Otherwise We wouldn't have had Donald Trump as a president. We wouldn't have Biden as a president. You know, Trump, by all means, was a rapist. Biden, by all means, is a confirmed rapist. And now you have Cuomo, who has had a sixth woman level allegations of sexually inappropriate conduct. And you have people who, like you mentioned, once you rise up and try and defend him and say, oh, well, he's not as bad as Donald Trump. right? And like you rightfully pointed out, we're not here to rank trauma or sexual inappropriateness. That's just not okay, no matter whose side it's on. And i that's something that I wish people would figure out, that just because someone quote unquote on the other team has been more inappropriate does not mean that you should not hold the people in your party accountable right. by all means you should be harsher towards the people in your party since they are representing you not giving them a freebie. Right.
0: <laughs> exactly yes yeah that's so
1: cuomo retire <laughs> your piece of shit
0: yeah and that's that really is it right there like that's kind of That's why, like, God, I've always, like, (laughs) this whole thing of, like, there's this this saying of, like, or I don't know if you call it a saying, but this attitude of, like, if you didn't vote, you don't get to complain. And I'm, like, Mm -hmm. I think it was George Carlin, maybe, who said, like, no, because I didn't vote, that's the whole reason I get to complain, which (laughs) I did vote, to be fair, but, like... I mean, that's I get what he what he's saying is spot on. Like, no, you fucking put the asshole in office. (laughs) What the fuck? Of course, I get to complain about the fucking idiot that you elected. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. but but on your point, I mean, if you elected him, you know, I'm not even saying they shouldn't complain. They should be complaining even louder. You're supposed to be my representative. I I gave you arguably the most powerful position on earth, right? Mm-hmm. like president of the united states maybe it's it's not uh completely but it's got to be up there like the president of the united states has to be one of the people on earth who holds just the most power over the entire globe really because of just the 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 level of yeah, like military involvement everywhere else and everything like that and it's just like you put a guy like that in power and like then you don't hold him fucking accountable like mm-hmm. what the fuck is that like um just uh yeah. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Joe Biden. Fuck Fuck, fuck Cuomo. <laughs> fuck Cuomo. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>